So what am I talking about? Okay, two revivals. 1975, I get radically saved as a 15-year-old. The revival in America, have you seen Jesus Revolution movie? Okay, we are, Brendan and I, a direct result from that move of God in America that went to all the world. And what happened was I was sitting with 500 girls in a Catholic convent girls' school and they let a guy out of prison and he, well, he was released from prison and he found Jesus in prison and he came to our school and brought the love of the Father and 80 of us got saved that day and seven of us would travel to trains in Melbourne carrying our Bibles and bringing John 3.16 to anybody who would listen. What happens in a revival? Radical things. Absolutely uncontainable, can't put a lid on it, uncontainable power of God. And that's what we're praying about and singing about and crying out to God for. So if you're asking for revival, you're asking for something that might look messy, that may not fit in our regular church kind of deal. We're asking that people would be pulled out of prisons and, 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 and come out from the homeless and come and join us and be part of the, the life of the church because we're going out there. We're going out there. We need one another in the house. I was talking to Harley about it before. We need the church to be our stabilizer, to be our strengthener, to be our you know, gathering and honouring God and praying and praising. And, and then we burst out the doors and we take Jesus out wherever we are. And the, la- the other radical um, revival was in the uh, 90s, the river where Rodney Howard Brown came out and I was drunk for weeks on end. Now, I don't drink alcohol. So, no, I was drunk in the spirit. What does that look like? Like a drunk. Like can't speak properly, falling all over the place. We'd go to meetings after meetings and I'd be the first one to be like, (laughs) and the Holy Spirit would just grab a hold and I'd be slapping, oh, slapping people all around me and Brendan would be standing there going, what's going on? He never got fully drunk because he had to carry me out of the meetings, right? So... What are we talking about? I'm not talking about for the sake of being stupid or silly or making an attention or whatever the revival that God is bringing to us next. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm, I'm getting ready and it's like, I'm going to go there, Jesus. So, so our dreaming again, if I could retitle this, I would say dream again and again and again and again and again and again. I'm 64 years of age. I, oh, I know. Come on. No surgery, nothing. No Botox, nothing. This is the real deal. Okay. Stay, yeah, stay focused. So what is that? So 15, I start preaching. 64, I'm still preaching. That's because when God calls you, when he puts his spirit within you through the seasons, and I'll talk about the seasons and the trials and the tribulations, if you're truly saved and sanctified and set apart 
by God for His use, that can only be a lifetime call. And that's what I'm praying, that longevity would be such a witness to young people. Even when we went back to Singapore in December this year, last year, and um, we did a children's conference, 49 churches, 400 children, and 70 youth volunteers. Most of the youth volunteers were children when we ministered to them. And so we were having a volunteers meeting and I was sitting next to two young adult guys and they're like to one another and then start singing, if I believe it, I can receive it, open my eyes and singing one of our kids songs. And they're like, we're reliving our childhood. And I'm thinking... I'm sitting next to these young people serving Jesus alongside them. So dreams, what are we talking about? Your dreams, aspirations, goals, desires, your hopes. But if if they're not entwined in God's hopes and dreams for you, we're wasting our time. We're wasting our breath. You might make all the money in the world, but if it's not used for God's purposes, who created the world... And every resource comes from Him. If you're blessed financially, it's because God is blessing you. So we give back to Him our time, our effort, our attention, our love. Last year we wrote, Brendan and I went away and we wrote 100 dreams. He wrote his 100, I wrote mine. In different categories, faith, family, finances, fitness, fun, future. And then we went from 100 to 3, and then we did our one for each category. And what we did was seek God. What is your dream for my family? Well, I'll tell you one of them. One of the dreams is to inspire my family to follow Jesus. If I can be an inspiration, um, a faith dream for me is to know God and to make Him known. So because I'm so impassioned with Jesus, everything is twined, entwined with Jesus. My, my health goals, my fitness goals is to be strong enough to be vitally strong all the days of my life so I can preach for the long term, walking and talking in Jesus' name. So when I was a little kid, I don't know, I used to watch a show called I Dream of Genie and I would blink at everything that moved. Is that picture coming up? All right, so there was a pic, yes. Some of the young people are going to Anyway, you can YouTube, I dream of, anyway, she would just blink and things would happen. So as a child, I was like blinking at houses, blinking at cars, blinking at bikes, whatever I wanted. If I blinked at it, it was mine. Thank you, you can take that off. But when we grow up, all right, we, I found that when I was 15, my dreams collided with Jesus' dreams. And you are on a collision course. If you are seeking God, you're on a collision course to find out exactly what he wants you to do. And it's going to look different to the person next to you. In Matthew 6, 33 in the Amplified and 34, it says, but seek And aim at and strive after first, first things first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. What are the things? Well, we need provision. 
Our needs need to be met. We need our basic needs met. And God is promising that if we look to him first, he will take care of our need. So it says in verse 34, so don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. Now I have been worried and anxious at different times about my future. But this is what Jesus is saying to us all. Don't worry. For tomorrow we'll have enough worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we know that we're going to have challenges and trials. But God will take care of you and your needs. That's what he's promised. Go after him and his ways of living right. What is that? Work hard at your work, your study. Be honest. Be integral. Treat people well. When we live his way, help people, care, be kind, be gracious. Let your words be seasoned with salt. Go after the dreams he has given your family, given your community, given to the world. He has a much bigger plan for you than you know. And it's all to make a difference. The reason why I'm a chaplain right now is because I never dreamt it. God had a dream for me and this was not on my list. And so even tonight when we, when we have some time, we're going to have some time where I'm just going to ask Rod to play for a while. We're going to close our eyes and let the Holy Spirit vision for us. There have been so many times in, in moments like this in my church and in a moment, God has directed me and said, this is a dream. I have a dream for you. And so picking up the spirit of God, that's what we want. And tonight we're going to help you do that. We need to spend time in his presence to find out what his next step for us is. Because he has a next step. And so many times we've walked with God and and talked with him and he's shown us things to come and gone, that's not possible. But I remember being in church and the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm enlarging your heart because I'm entrusting you with the hearts of so many. And when God whispers little, not so little, but statements and he speaks to us and he wants us to tune in and tweak our spirit with his spirit because he is spirit. And so the only way to connect is not through our intellect or our study. The way we connect with God is through spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. And of course, his word is spirit and life. So this is our go-to. He wants to talk. He also one time said to me, you are a mother of multitudes. We've only ever had one daughter, one child. That's natural. But he was saying, no, 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 you're going to be a mother and make, have spiritual children all over the world. And that's what he has done and continues to do. He said, you've seeded the nations, now go to the nations. And that was in 20, uh, the year 2000. And that's when Brendan bought our first world ticket. We had nowhere to go. We didn't have any invitations. We had a wedding to go to in Singapore. 
And oh, we visited a place in Malaysia and we spoke at one little gathering, not so little, but a gathering. And that's when God opened the nations to us and invitations began to come. So his continuous instructions and visions and leadings will help us stay on true north. This is some of the things that God envisaged for us. Reach the children of the inner city of Melbourne. So we started to pray for the inner city of Melbourne. Twelve people went out together. We prayed for three months. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let us go until... He said, go. And after three months, we went. And for seven years, we went out to the inner city of Melbourne every Saturday during the summer months. And a thousand children responded to Jesus. On the seventh year, the government shut the door and said, no more outdoor evangelism. And we knew, and God said, go now, go to the nations. Because there were 25 nations, children sitting on the mats and... We've been to 25 nations. He said, you've seeded the nations, now go. So we're like, "Hmm." we had $200. That's all we took to go into all the world. A pastor helped us get our airfares, and so we went. (laughs) We were gone a year. Well, we did come back after five months, but then after a year of traveling, the Holy Spirit said, Have you missed your stuff? Because we had it all in storage. And I'm like, not really, Lord. Well, get rid of it. So we gave everything away. And we kept traveling the world by faith. God's after radical obedience. We need the church to keep us stable and to grow and to mature. Then he said... Sing over the nations. So I've done that. Record your songs 16 albums later. Go to the nations, 19 world trips. Sing for me. Disciple Singapore. We've been to Singapore over 100 times. Started a school of worship there where we've raised up hundreds of worship leaders who are now leading worship all over Singapore. Then he said, come home. So we came home. Then he said, so five years into children's ministry at C3 Kiwana Waters. So we became, I became the children's pastor here for five years. Then he said, make TV. So with the help of the Rogers, we made TV. Then he said, go again. Then he said, trust me through COVID. Then he said, stop and rest. Then he said, remain in me. And then he said, go again. (laughs) It's scary. But what an adventure. Can I just ask Harley and Dan to do something for me? Could you put all of those up on here? While While they're doing that, I'll just keep talking. Matthew 28. 18 to 20. (laughs) What are you doing? Giving them away. And there's some little sweets down the bottom once you've done that. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yep. Okay. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. 
And Jesus came and spoke to them, his followers. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, thanks guys, you got your treats? They're like little kids. Thank you, give them, yeah, clap them, yeah. So funny. Okay. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Amen. Jesus' dream for us is the only one that really matters. What was he dreaming when he hung on the cross? What was he dreaming for us when he took our sin and our sickness, every disease upon himself on the cross? Well, these are my thoughts. Um, Where are they? (laughs) That we would believe, that we would believe that he is the son of God. That we would surrender our will and our ways for his will and his ways. That we would love him enough to reveal him to the world we are in. On Tuesday, I'm back in school with 2,500 students walking my 10,000 steps, part of my fitness goal, ticking it off at the same time. Walking and taking authority as I walk through the playground and the kids ignore me. (laughs) Especially my grandkids when they were at the same school. Hey, and I was like, yeah, I'm not talking to you. Anyway, walking through that school, loving the children, smiling at the staff, visiting, dropping little sweets on teachers' desks, doing what I can do to display Jesus. To me, that's radical. Wherever you are, there's a radical call. There's a radical response to to release Jesus. What was he thinking? What was he? Obviously, it was in obedience to his father. Everything that Jesus did was to obey his father and to respond to. He never did anything that he didn't see his father doing. So, If you want to know who God is and what he is like, the love is incomprehensible. His love for you is incomprehensible. His every drop of blood being shed so that we could live without sin, that we could live for him. And his dream is that you would become more and more and I would become more and more like him in purity and holiness And to love people the way he loves people. That we would be living witnesses of his life, death and resurrection. And be in expectation of his coming again. Now when I teach kids, they know that Jesus died, that he rose from the dead. But they don't know that he's coming again. He's coming back for his glorious church. And he's coming back to find faith on the earth. And so faith is action. And by faith in your school or your university, I'm imploring you 
and me and in my workplace to be radical in these days. We don't have time to be scared or ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to whosoever will believe. Some will believe. Others will tell you to talk to the hand. But that's not persecution. Persecution, there's a churches all over the world that are dying for their faith, that are willing to lay down their lives to speak Jesus. And we get all timid in the shopping centre or at our schools or unis and we hold back. It's not time to do that, church. There are three things that can help activate your dreams. Let, number one, let him lead by his spirit. He's a leader. He's a leader and we follow. So we can make plans, but when we commit them to the Lord, these journals, there's 28 years full of journals here. These are all journals of dreams. I wrote down like what they, prayers, revelations, scriptures, stories, conquests, failures, crises, pain, healing, sadness, grief, loss, adventures, <laughs> prophetic words, prophetic insights, visions, dreams fulfilled and dreams unfulfilled. Would you spend time seeking out what God has for you this year? I did this in December. I wasn't going to wait till January. I'm sure many of you have already got dreams and visions for the year. Next week, we're taking our goals and dreams and visions that are going to be anointed, oil and agreement. We're going to lay hands. Many of my journals have got grease marks, oil marks on them because somebody else believed with me for a dream. Who is it that God wants you to reach, Harley? I met Harley tonight for the first time and just heard a snippet of his amazing story. I'm going to pray for people in a moment that have a radical dream within them, but they're too scared to either voice it or even think it could be possible. When we lived in the inner city of Melbourne, God speaks to me when I get out of the shower. And I stepped out of the shower and he said, not that story, it's another one. That's my husband being cheeky. Um, this is back in the day. And he said, you will reach 100 million children in your lifetime. That's it's too big for my brain. And then he, I said, Lord, that's a lot. That's 100 million? He said, yeah, there are 500 million children in China alone. We've been to China for seven years, four times a year to minister to those who minister in China. We've been to the underground church in China. Funny, the underground church was 38 stories high. We have so many stories of God's radical, amazing adventures. 
And so that's great. Harley, Dan, can you chuck them back in? This is my this year's journal because I'm going to leave those behind. Forgetting those things that are behind. Paul said, oh, what's it? What are they doing? There's no more goodies. Thanks, guys. Forgetting those things, you know, great things, tragic things. But this is this year's journal. And I started with opening it up saying, what do you want, Jesus? What do you want from me? Well, Kathy, I want you to do another year at chaplaincy. Okay, I'll do that. What else do you want me to do? I want you to love your church and be available for your church. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. I want you to be a friend, da-da-da, and so forth. So every day I'm spending time. Jesus, what do you want? What do you want? 